0: Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Tuesday, July 5th. Happy Travel Tuesday, everyone. Joining me on the show today is Stephen Scott, CEO of Travel Hub 365 and the Odyssey Travel App. Welcome back to the show, Stephen.
1: Yes, thank you, Eric. It is great to hear from you.
0: Absolutely, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to to jump on and uh, hope you had a great 4th of July weekend. Hope everyone listening had a great and safe. 4th of July weekend. Uh, Anybody see that annual uh, meme reminder of how somewhere in America, a person doesn't know that this leak this past weekend was their last weekend with all 10 fingers so hopefully you've still got all 10 fingers there Stephen.
1: that's right yes i do
0: <laughs> yeah people people go nuts on the fireworks stuff so hopefully you out there listening also have all 10 of your fingers and you didn't lose any over the weekend so um Stephen and i though we're going to dive into the uh travel industry and how it continues to innovate and adjust as our theme of the week for this week's show but first as we do for every episode in case this is your first time listening. Let's dive into what has been trending in the world of travel in the last week, and we begin with the 4th of July. No no surprise there. It's uh, the 5th of July now, and we've got some good numbers here on the holiday weekend. The TSA continued its streak of screening over 2 million passengers. You have to go back to June 4th as the last day that they were under 2 million, and they only hit 1.9 there, so pretty close. So got a solid month there of 2 million per day. We'd love to see that. You know, we're... Um, there still were thousands of delays and some cancellations out there over the weekend, but not as bad as previous months had seen. Friday, July 1st saw 2.4 million passengers, which was the highest since February of 2020 before the pandemic. So the pre-pandemic totals are pretty much back. It will be interesting to see how the rest of July and this summer shapes up on that regard. But, you know, there, there's higher traffic, which was expected. And so were some of the delays and cancellations. But overall, you know, it wasn't a chaotic travel weekend or a travel weekend from hell like some of the mainstream media outlets there have uh, kept pushing out there um so stephen what what were your top takeaways from this busy holiday travel weekend and what it all means for the travel industry
1: yes hey it is great to see the demand for travel uh you know showing up um you know we have uh experienced uh, a, a very turbulent time and and so have the tra- travelers so to see the excitement see the bookings coming through uh it is phenomenal now of course uh with that demand uh you know the airlines are seeing uh, the pain. you know they're going to have to innovate faster than anyone else to try and adjust for what's happening. Um, you know, as much as I'm thankful that uh, it eased a little bit over the over the weekend, uh, you can definitely see the pain internationally. Uh, over in Europe, uh, the images of those uh, you know bags, uh, hundreds and hundreds of bags sitting there uh, in the airports, uh, that's not the image we want people to see um and uh or experience uh so you know there's been a lot uh that we are excited for uh but there are uh, other things that uh, we need uh, support with it's definitely from the airlines it seems like the airports are the bottleneck uh, all of the hotels and the cruise lines we have the capacity we have the availability to make things happen and get people uh you know the experience they want uh, but there seemed to be bottlenecking right at that uh, airport part. So uh, I'm glad to see the adjustments being made, um, but the demand, I believe, is going to continue to be strong.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yes, the the um, confidence in travel of, of American travelers right now is really high. Actually, uh, Allianz put out their 14th annual vacation confidence index the other week, and uh, summer vacation confidence remains at a record level. So... That's gonna not. That's not gonna go away anytime soon. We know that there's gonna be a lot of pent up demand and a lot of people coming out. So you know the airlines are hiring and the airports are hiring. So hopefully you know if you know anyone out there who needs a job, you know maybe push them towards uh, the air travel sector because it certainly needs some help. And we we know that there are issues with delays and cancellations happening and and people have been upset about that. The U.S. Department of Transportation um, agency received uh, over five thousand complaints about airline service in April, which was up more than 320% over the uh, 1,200 complaints received in April of 2019. So I'm sure May and June are also going to see high complaint numbers once those are finalized. And, you know, rolling into July here, hopefully things will improve. But that's the nature of where we're at. But, you know, overall, in the grand scheme of everything, you know, it's actually a small number of flights that actually get canceled. A lot are going to be delayed, uh, We have, as we've seen over the last couple months here. But, overall, you know, getting canceled. It's not a very high percentage. You know, delays happen. These things happen before the pandemic, too. A lot of people seem to forget about that. It's just kind of um, accelerated a little bit, you know, a bit higher numbers at the moment. But, you know, I think we got to stop with this. Like, there are some headlines out there. I think it was the Washington Post. It was like, oh, get ready for a summer travel from hell. And it's like, yes, yes. let's tame that down a little bit, though. I don't think the industry really needs that. Um, we certainly we need some more stories of, you know, positive travel experiences, which I had a, a great experience over the weekend I you know TSA went through Orlando I flew on Saturday from Orlando to Atlanta and TSA was a breeze didn't have any issues flight was on time everything was good it was a good experience and I think more people especially you know to my travel advisor listeners out there too if you have a great experience keep talking about that because your prospective clients need to hear that kind of stuff
1: that's right yes they they want to hear it and so you telling them that good news as an advisor is only going to be a good thing from them
0: so that's great indeed And in other air travel news we move on is a uh, spirit has been in the news for uh, quite some time now with this whole merger situation and we thought it was going to finally have a answer on which way they would lean but again They delayed the vote. So the merger vote is now pushed back into July here, July 8th, I believe. So, uh, Stephen, how do you think this is all going to end? Are we going to get another delay here, third time? There's a third time's a charm here? And which way do you think Spirit should go, JetBlue or Frontier?
1: Yeah, you know, um, I'm a a former United Airlines employee. So I spent four years uh, working at UA uh, in the headquarters in Chicago. um, And I was there uh, just prior to the merger with Continental Airlines. So you know, I got to experience uh, United in a, a time period where it was turbulent, yes, um, you know, between uh, 2004, 2008, um, but then uh, I left just before that merger. And so I still had plenty of friends and former colleagues that experienced post-merger. And so there is going to be, from an employee standpoint, a, a, a loss of um, uh, the culture of each one of those airlines, when you start merging those different groups together. So uh, I think there's gonna be a lot of tussle. So I don't think this is the last time that they uh, delay. I think there there may be a third or a fourth delay, Um, but uh, should they merge? I would rather them not um, because uh, right now with the prices being so high uh, from the cruise line, not from the cruise lines, but from the hotel standpoint, from the airline standpoint, Another merger means higher prices on the lower end. And so I would rather there be uh, plenty of competition in the market for the airlines. Um, I personally don't sell a lot of Spirit uh, or Frontier, um, but I do understand that they have an effect on the other major carriers that are out there as far as pricing. So I don't want fewer lower cost carriers out there. I want more because it will continue to put that pressure Downward, Um, but again, I think uh, they should go with JetBlue. Um, I I think they have a good product. Uh, They go to great destinations, um, and uh, I I think it would be uh, that would be the better route if they take it.
0: Yeah, it's certainly interesting on uh, the back and forth that this has all created and how prolonged it continues to be. And yeah, I agree with you. I think there will be more. I don't actually think they I was just relooking that. Just I don't think there's a exact date for this next vote one that has been reported yet. So that will that should come out soon. And yeah, won't be surprised in the least if it gets pushed back once again. I think they should go with Frontier, though. I've been saying that for a long time uh, since it came out in the initial ones. But, you know, it's all going to come down to the dollars and cents of things, in my opinion. But uh, I think it makes more sense for, from, you know, the cross-country aspect of it in, in terms of that merger. But I get totally what you're saying as far as the, the cost of things. And, and, you know, making more of a fair balance into in the industry here. So it'll be interesting to see which way things go. If uh, listeners out there, if you have thoughts, podcast at travelpulse.com. Let me know which way you think the spirit merger situation should shake out. As we move over to cruise news and what's going on in that realm of things, it's actually a great time to book a cruise right now, according to a lot of industry experts. And I want to read this quote we have from Michelle Fee, CEO and founder of Cruise Planners, a travel agency franchise network. She said that now is definitely the best time for consumers to book a cruise. We're seeing incredible pricing on cruises for close-in sale dates through 2022 and early 2023. It's hard to beat considering everything these packages include. So it's a phenomenal time to cruise considering the deals. If you factor in the high price of gas, cost of airfare, hotels, and soaring cost of land vacations, a cruise is not only more economical, there's no cooking or cleaning involved once you get to your destination, so it's a great option to truly enjoy your vacation. So, Stephen, you have a strong cruise background here. What are your thoughts on this, and uh, are you seeing strong and good interest um, in cruising from your clients? Or from new clients, yes.
1: Uh, first, I'd like to say Michelle B is fantastic. I've, I've met her a couple Great. times now, uh, she's amazing. So, uh, yes, I uh, echo everything she's saying. Um, you know, er- earlier in the year, uh, cruise prices actually were sky high, they were very high, and uh, it was problematic trying to get a family of four or five onto a cruise. Um, and so the break actually occurred when uh, the cruise lines uh made the agreements with the CDC to uh adjust uh who controlled uh what sailings departed and how many people were on board. And so when they made that adjustment and expanded the amount of guests that can be on board a cruise ship, that's when the prices dropped. So um, your customer may not be aware of that. They may have just seen the prices earlier in the summer and said, we can't afford to take a cruise this year because look at the prices. But now if you actually circle back to them, The availability that has been uh, created across the board for the major cruise lines, they have now dropped those prices. So, yes, close in sailings for the rest of the summer um, and then into the fall uh, are actually phenomenal. So it's an incredible time to do some cruising um, and uh, I myself will be uh, uh, booking a few for my family later today. Um, and then our guests have been booking uh, just about anything. We've booked Buenos Aires to, our, uh, to uh, Antarctica. We've done a number of different other sailings for river cruises with Avalon. We, we we're really having a great time with cruising over the last couple of days. And I expect it to continue.
0: That's good. That's certainly great for the industry and obviously for your business too and uh, other advisors out there listening right now. If you've, you know, never taken a cruise or you've never sold a cruise, now might be a good time to kind of switch it over into learning a little bit more about that, especially with these, you know, enticing deals that are out there and just the overall price of travel in general, of all travel right now, you know, with inflation and everything going on. So something to certainly consider and if for my consumer listeners out there, you know, if you've never cruised, Now's a great time too, because it's not all 100% capacity still on a lot of the cruise lines out there. So you might have a little better experience with not too many crowds. And if crowds are your, you know, your, your catch all there for, for cruising, then I would steer you into the river cruising side of the world, which is much fewer people on board and a much more laid back experience in my personal preference when it comes to cruising. But I do also love the ocean cruisings. And I was on an ocean cruise last week as uh, Disney christened the new Disney Wish. So I had the honor of being on board for the preview sailing for that. It was actually my first time on a Disney cruise ship. So for Ocean Cruising, I've actually I've sailed on Royal, Norwegian, Carnival, and now Disney. So next up, I got to get to those, those top uh, luxury lines that Stephen has been on a number of times, I'm sure. So um, with the Disney Wish, though, you know, there's a ton of attention to detail there and uh, some cruise industry first, which I thought was pretty cool. They have the the funnel cabin room. it's They're calling it the Wish Tower Suite. It's a two-level suite and the funnel on the upper deck which was pretty cool. And, uh, to tour that and just to see, uh, see, you know, the, the views that they had in that room. And also, you know, anytime you can go in a two level suite on a cruise, uh, ship there, that it's a, it's a pretty cool, uh, room experience. And one day I will stay in that when I own lots and lots of money is, is that's certainly the dream, right? <laughs> Cause those <laughs> are, those are definitely expensive out there, but worth the money. If, uh, if you have that money, I think so um, also, you know, you, with that, a Disney Wish, you get uh, dinner and a show with uh, two of the main dining rooms being a worlds of Marvel uh, show theme and, um, uh, Arendelle frozen dining adventure for your frozen fans out there. So some, some fun experiences for the kids and to, to love for sure. And also the uh, adults too, no doubt. So certainly interesting on, on the brand new Disney Wish. I think it's for Disney's first ship in like 10 years or something like that. So good stuff there
1: yeah you know eric i you know i i just am so excited you got to be on board i mean i and to get to talk to you right after it so um you know i got to see a quick video on youtube about the tower suite so uh, tell me it looks so unique and uh luxurious um at times it felt like wow you know that you can do that on a cruise ship look at the space it's amazing so but one of the questions i had was accessibility Um, Is there an elevator to actually get up to those rooms or do, do you have to take the stairs to get into the room?
0: Yeah, for that private tower one, uh, they have their own uh, for the wish tower one, I should say That's they have their own private elevator access to it, which is actually like a challenge for me to find when I was doing the the tour stuff and like walking around. And I was like, where is it? So, I mean, if you're staying in that room, you would obviously have, you know, kind of an escort over there. But yes, yeah, so they do have a private elevator access to that um, to get you up to the room. And then it's um, inside the room itself. No, there it, it is stairs. So you'd have to get help to get up to the stairs into your um, the, to the bedroom if you, if you were going to sleep. And the room upstairs.
1: Okay, all right. That that is good to know. I appreciate it so much.
0: Definitely, man. Yeah, there's cool stuff. There's also um, uh, new at uh, Disney's first attraction at sea is what they're calling it. They're obviously they're they're saying first attraction at sea, but there's a lot of attractions at sea. So it's Disney's first attraction at sea with the Aqua Mouse, and it's pretty cool uh, ride experience. They're still working out some kinks on that. The first sailing for Disney Wish it says not uh, for passengers, uh, paid passengers is July 14th. So they've they've got mm-hmm. some times to to still work out. Um, that stuff. But I mean, I think that's pretty standard for any attraction at sea. Like I was on carnivals uh, Mardi Gras and they had the bolt roller coaster and that had some technical difficulties when I was on it too. So I think that's anytime you're going to put like, you know, big attractions up up on high up on a cruise ship like that, you're going to have issues at times so I think passengers that are going to be going on that need to just be aware that it might be down for a little bit but it actually I was inquiring about this while it was down it only takes 13 minutes to like reboot the entire thing which I thought was you know pretty good that's not too terribly long and it gives you time to like go splash around in a pool or something because there are the most pools of any Disney ship on on this Disney wish here so that's a good chance for you to do that or if you're adult they've got private areas for the adults too so the Aqua Mouse was uh, it was cool. I mean, it was pretty fast uh, ride that you don't go. I don't know the top in speed on it, but you, you move and you, you definitely get wet on that. So uh, if you're a cruise fanatic out there, if you're a Disney fanatic out there and you've never cruised before, then, you know, you're going to you're going to have a good time on that, in my opinion. But again, if you've never cruised out there, I would recommend that you do a river cruise one one of these days in your life, because I personally just love the, the laid back atmosphere of a river cruise.
1: That's right. You know, there are so many different types of uh, cruise lines and experiences out there. And, uh, you know, it should, we should start to remove the thought that, oh, I don't cruise. Well, what is your definition of a cruise should be really the next question because, yeah. uh, you know, I have sailed on ships that are, you know, 40 people on board. Um, and then there are boats that are 40 people on board and then ships that have many more people on board um, and everywhere from the fine dining to the large experiences uh, and the river cruises that are just serene and relaxing. There's so much for so many different people. So gone should be the days when someone says, I don't cruise
0: I wholeheartedly agree there. I think that is uh- Fantastic statement. So with that, that wraps up what has been trending in the world of travel in the last week. Some news that we didn't get to touch on. So be sure to check out TravelPulse.com for all the latest travel news. And if you have any additional thoughts or comments about what's been trending, you can drop me an email, podcast at TravelPulse.com. So now we're going to jump over to the theme of this week's show about how the travel industry continues to innovate and adjust. So much has been happening over the last 2 years, you know, the obvious dealing with the post-pandemic recovery right now, but you know, sort of getting into specifics here. Stephen, what do you think is uh, the biggest adjustment that the travel is, industry has made recently?
1: Yeah, um, you know, the the expanded cruise capacities um has been uh the uh, biggest adjustment and that is uh with the ships coming back online, uh, a number of cruise lines are at full capacity now. They they have all of their ships at sea and we have gone two years with that, that journey, getting back to this point. Um, so having full availability of options uh, around the world uh, has been a major change. Um, and then I can tell from my, my trips I've been consistently making here is that the staffing at the hotels is finally starting to ramp back up. And so um, whereas a year ago, it was hard to find more than one person at a, at a desk or hard to get um, uh, the attendants to clean your room on a daily basis. Those things are coming back very, very slowly, but I can see it. Um, And then of course, I think the airports need to continue to innovate even more than they are. But I assure you uh, as a former airline employee, uh, the airports and the airlines are innovating faster than anyone else right now, because they've got to figure out how to get these airports moving. So, um, but yes, I think uh, definitely the biggest push has been the opening of the cruise lines, and the hotels. Um, but I will definitely say that the cruise lines are doing a very good job as far as how they're handling COVID positive patients on board, what they are doing to offer as a package to those guests that test positive on board on how they're going to take care of them, how they're going to uh, make adjustments for them uh, on and off the ship. I think they've done an incredible job of uh, of innovating and making things work.
0: Agreed. Yeah, the cruise lines have been on top of that stuff. And you can't say the same about other sectors because they haven't had those types of rules and where they could take care of passengers, with the exception of the all-inclusive uh, resorts that have been doing a great job, you know, when there was that um, testing requirement to get back into the United States. They were on top of that really fast and offering that to their guests so that people would still come over and travel and feel safely that they could do that and then have their tests, you know, right in their room in in some cases, or you go to a specific room. So that's been that's been big for for those two. And yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the staffing as well has been a key adjustment that a lot of um, suppliers out there have had to make, you know, from all over the travel industry, from, you know, your your travel businesses, as well as, you know, on the agency side of things, too, and and hiring new agents. So a lot of different adjustments out there and a lot of um, suppliers, too, making some key innovations. So what, what do you think are some of those big innovations that have happened in the world of travel, uh, you know, recently and just throughout the last two years here, too?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I uh, one thing that uh, shocked me a little bit was Viking uh, making the announcement that they were going, weren't going to have uh, the work cruises on their marketing. Um, that that is something that they are they are both trying to make adjustments to uh, the situation, but it's also making a very strong statement in what they believe to be something that needs to happen for their business to continue to grow or even get back to previous levels so the, the viking not saying viking cruises cruises on their uh advertisements is is shocking to me it is interesting um i think they're going to probably revert back on that at some point interesting. um but uh it's it's i don't think it's actually helpful uh, but uh it is uh, that is Somewhat, uh, them innovating in a way. Um, but I also, I love, uh, some of the, uh, themed cruises that I've seen, uh, come out. Uh, Ama Waterways actually has a soulful experience, uh, coming out next year that's going to be themed for, you know, Black history and culture. I absolutely love that. That is something that is, um, for the industry, it is, uh, a, a theme or, thought process that has been taken on from a travel advisor side, whereas they say we're going to get a group together that's going to all be about this or X or Y. For the cruise lines to start adding in those types of themes is incredibly innovative. I think it's right on time, and I think it's going to be very successful. And uh, with that success uh, of that innovation, we're going to see that expand into other themes across the industry. So I'm excited for that uh, from AMA Waterways.
0: I agree. Yeah, I think that is huge for the industry to kind of continue that shift. I mean, there was talk about so much of it, you know, in 2020, with the death of George Floyd, and, you know, making sure that we are improving on this and diverse and inclusiveness. And then now we're starting to see, see a lot of things being put into action. So I do love that from Alma, a Waterways. And I, I agree, I think you're going to see that trickle over to other sectors too, beyond just a, a cruise side, you know, let's see some more of that in the tour aspect of, you know, getting more in touch with your roots and, and all that stuff. So I, I, I'm really hopeful for that. That is a huge innovation, just being making sure that that the entire travel industry in all sectors there are being more inclusive and, and being more and more open and with diverse options for travelers out there and also in their marketing too. I think that really is another aspect too, that needs to continue to improve on that. So you touched on a few brands there already with Viking and AMA. Any other brands out there innovating and adjusting into this new era of the travel industry, whether it's cruising, hotels, destinations, who else do you think should be highlighted?
1: Uh, well, I yeah, definitely would highlight uh, the Global Travel Collection. I am uh, also a pro-travel advisor. Um, and so with that, we are focused on luxury travel. Uh, so our advisors are doing phenomenal work as far as uh, getting uh, luxury clientele into the best properties with the best amenities and experiences. And so without being an advertisement, uh, I do want (laughs) to say that, you know, there are luxury advisors across the spectrum that are doing really amazing things to innovate. And uh, one of those things from Global Travel Collection was uh, that they announced that they're going to be enhancing their technology so that they can uh, better uh, enable their users and our guests and our travelers to be able to make bookings in uh, support with us and then also enhance the technology that we're using as advisors and so i absolutely will uh, look to see that across all of the different uh, travel advisement companies that Technology is something that we need to continue to evolve uh, so that we can be as fast as possible, deliver everything we need for the consumer, um, and then also enable the consumer to be able to work with us in a better way. So um, I I would like to say as a whole, the travel advisor uh, agencies uh, are doing a lot of work to maintain and keep up with the demand because it's coming at us left and right. You see how hard it was for you to reach out to me to get this call. Uh, It it is, uh, we are under a lot of pressure uh, right now uh, with the amount of customers coming our way. So technology is going to ease that uh, but it's going to take us all to work to make that happen,
0: right? Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to, to join on the show and, and pass on that yeah. wisdom you know, to the industry and all our listeners here. But I agree. I, the technology is huge for the future of the industry and how it's utilized because so many more people are coming to advisors right now, as we've been talking about for the last two years, and the value of a travel advisor is so much more important now than ever. And you need someone there in your corner to rely on. But at the same time, like, you know, advisors themselves need to have, you know, the technology resources to be able to make sure that their lives are, you know, not so stressful and and things are, you know, a little bit more easier in terms of just packaging things together and like getting things finalized so that it's not too difficult and too much of a strain on the day to day for all of that. So, yeah, technology is huge on that. And, you know, I do have to ask, you know, how is your app? going because uh, travel apps are are big in terms of we talk about technology here and and that's a key innovation too in the future of of travel so how are things with the odyssey travel app man
1: yes thank you last time we spoke i was just getting things started and so uh the mobile app uh where uh we've launched since december um and uh the combination of the app and now the launched odysseytravelapp.com. I am so thankful for uh, getting started when I did. Uh, We've got a beautiful website there that is uh, supporting both online bookings, and then a segue off into using a travel advisor. So the consumer can really make a choice of what they want to do uh, at that point. But either way, it's with us. So uh, we've got a great site that we've launched, um, and uh, the growth has been fantastic. We're well over 600 users now that are registered. And uh, that means we are uh, growing a continuous user base uh, with uh, a new set of technologies that I think are delivering uh, fantastic hotels, to the users very easy in a new format um, and car rental will be launching within the next couple of weeks so i am excited about our
0: future hey that's great man i'd love to hear that too so you know, when we talk about innovations and adjustments and everything in the industry you know they really had to adjust to what the people want and that include now is including you know america's top post-pandemic travel priorities we had a recent study from asta the american society of travel advisors and they came out and said that the three main concerns that Americans are prioritizing as we continue recovering from the pandemic are uh, offering uh, for more unique travel offerings, more customer service and improved areas there, and then also uh, a priority of returning to the favorite destinations for a lot of consumers out there. So, you know, when we talk about that, what are some other uh, adjustments and things that the travel that you think the travel industry needs to make moving forward?
1: Sure. Uh, you know, when we think about um, uh, what we have been pushing with the customers over the last few years now it's been travel insurance travel insurance uh, protects the user or i'm sorry protects the guest from so many different things that could happen on that trip uh, either in transit during their trip or on their way back home and so uh, travel insurance is that protection but i also think that uh, if a hotel or, or a hotel brand also helps out the guest in case they've had flight disruptions and they arrive a day late um, and they still protect those rooms for them. I think they need to start marketing that. Let let you let the people know that if you get disrupted, your room will still be there for you. Um, because the thought process right now is, if I'm a day late getting to my destination, they might cancel my room. There's there's these things that could occur uh, due to the current airline disruptions, uh, that I think are still causing people to say, I'm just not taking the trip. But if you are doing some great things from a hotel standpoint, uh, to support those guests that are, uh, traveling a long distance or traveling with families and they may arrive late. I think this is a great time to start talking about the things you do or the things you will support, uh, as a brand to, um, help travelers uh, through these tough times.
0: That's a fantastic uh, idea there and I think a lot of hotels could benefit from that too as you sort of counter that I mean you you take, take the average traveler and they know that things are a little hectic right now and it's going to be you know somewhat of a chaotic summer travel season, you know, in regards to air travel. And there have been talks of delays and cancellations. It's been kind of, you know, making the rounds in the mainstream media there. So the average traveler knows that. So if you as a hotel brand want to position that, I think that's a smart idea of countering that and just saying, hey, you know, we got your back, you know, if anything happens. So uh, uh, clever, that would be a huge adjustment for some hotels to make out there too, to start marketing for that too. another adjustment I would like to see is um, better Wi-Fi, and we did have a story last week. The um, United States Federal Commission's uh, Communications Commission, the FCC, more popularly known, they did announce that Elon Musk's SpaceX would be authorized to use the Starlink satellite internet network to expand broadband offerings to commercial airlines, ships, and vehicles out there. So I am all for you know better Wi-Fi, more improved connections and higher speeds th- throughout it even though i don't use the wi-fi and planes too much it's i it's like a uh, i get headaches on reading and vehicles and and stuff and planes and everything so i'm much of a music and uh, entertainment guy on that but you know if you're on a plane that doesn't have better offerings on that you know i would, I would definitely use the wi-fi for that to, to watch my own stuff but yes better wi-fi that is one adjustment and innovation is however it can be improved in the coming years i'm all for that and also you know hey Free Wi-Fi, too. That'd be great. That'd be great.
1: That's right. Well, Eric, I will do two things for once with the same set of uh, comments here. Uh, since you love movies and watch them, I definitely recommend everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, okay. I've see that movie. Things. It is amazing. Okay. But it also ties into Starlink uh, and the uh, Internet. We will have Internet everywhere. And we'll have everything to see all at once everywhere we are. So I think it's going to be fantastic uh, them having that on board uh, because even uh, I've got a guest that uh, is going to be traveling soon on a seven day cruise. They've never been on a seven day cruise because they've always worked from home and understanding that they can continue to throw in a couple hours here and there and then go have their eight hours of vacation every day is phenomenal. So uh, that will only improve and uh, accelerate the amount of guests we'll have on those cruise ships and in those vacation destinations
0: definitely needed yeah speaking as just having gotten off a cruise ship a few days ago the wi-fi was premium wi-fi service so it does, you know you might have to splurge when it comes to a cruise ship on on their wi-fi aspect but it's totally worth it if you have to be you know connected and on the internet and everything you're, you're gonna need to spend that money because of the the basic plans on the wi-fi so far you know not all that great but you know five ten years from now it, you know, it could be a breeze. It could be just a flat rate. It could be free. Who knows what, what the future holds when when it comes to that aspect of things. But I am certainly excited about that. And I, I know a lot of other people out there are as well. So as we wrap up the show here, Stephen, any final advice you want to uh, pass on to our advisor listeners out there on, on you know, just adjusting to the ways of the travel industry right now and moving forward?
1: Yes, uh, you know, definitely for uh, us travel advisors, uh, get out there on social. Uh, there are great tools now to help us to promote our businesses, promote the destinations we're in and our customers are in. Uh, think about TikTok, uh, it's not just about the great dances that Eric does on those TikTok uh, videos. Uh, it's, a, it's also a fantastic travel tool, uh, and they've expanded it from 10 seconds out to you know more than a minute now, So, and even at times 5 to 10 minutes, depending mm-hmm. on the platform. Use the tools that are going to future-proof your business um, from, on social media because they are expanding the resources for all of us.
0: Definitely. If you go to any conference out there now, you're going to find some sort of panel or, or s- seminar that is talking about social media so it's definitely important and so utilize that as best you can find those two classes to take if that's what you are really passionate about and learning more on that and you will not catch me dancing on tiktok now but <laughs> maybe in the future i don't know we'll, we'll see maybe i'll bust out some dance moves uh, maybe coming up later on this year the travis i'll bust out some dance moves we got um uh, some voting coming up uh, pretty soon on that if you um We'll have more details on that on Travel Pulse later. So, uh, thanks, Stephen. I appreciate fantastic. it, man. Thank you for for taking the time. Any um anything you want to plug on where people can access the app and your website and any any all that all that good stuff. Social media handles fire away.
1: Thank you so much. Yes, uh, you can find our uh, mobile travel app on the uh, App Store and also on Google Play, and you can just search for Odyssey Travel App. Uh, and then we've got a fantastic website with uh, everything you need uh, at OdysseyTravelApp.com we look forward to seeing you on board there. Uh, And uh, if you guys have any questions or want to reach out, uh, Odyssey travel app is a fantastic uh, social media platform for us. And then also travel hub 365 is our luxury travel agency. So thank you all.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Stephen. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. That is all the time we have for this week's show. Appreciate folks listening out there. Podcast at travelpulse.com is the email handle. If you want to, hit me up and let me know your thoughts on what's going on in the world of travel right now and wherever you listen to podcasts, if you could leave a review, I would greatly appreciate that. So thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.